This is Ellie and you are listening to the Meat and Potatoes Tarot Podcast. Welcome if you're new and thank you and a big welcome to all of my supporters who are watching the video version on Patreon. We're going to do something a little bit different today and I'm going to be talking to you about what it means to be a tarot card reader as opposed to a psychic or a spiritualist or a clairvoyant or or any of the other labels that you might hear um, floating around. Now, what I'm saying is not exactly gospel because people have their own interpretations of the difference between a clairvoyant and a psychic and, and whether tarot readers are all psychics and, and what it means to have a spiritual um, way of, of life. But um, what I wanted to do is to make a bit of a distinction between what I do as a tarot reader and what I'm sometimes assumed to be, but also perhaps some of the evidence out there that demonstrates maybe some of the other things about me that I might have um, within, in addition to reading tarot. I also kind of have a broader message, which I think is that that, um, everyone really can do what I'm doing by reading tarot and I wanted to be able to demonstrate that in an episode for people who are new and are wondering to themselves whether or not um, they could ever really be a proficient tarot reader. I actually believe that you could be regardless of who you are and where you live and what language you speak. It really is about understanding what tarot reading is as opposed to some of the other labels that you might hear being thrown around. There are a number of different types of labels that you might hear. People either call themselves or uh, be called by others when they're reading tarot. You've got a clairvoyant, uh, an empath, a medium, a mystic, a prophet, uh, an oracle, a psychic, a spiritualist, and then someone like me who just calls themselves a tarot card reader. Let me go through each of these in a little bit of detail so that we can understand some of the differences between them. So clairvoyant is the first one. And I wanted you to understand where the term clairvoyant or where all of these terms come from, but also what their their definitions are when you um, think of it in terms of what it was originally intended to mean. Now, all of these words that you're going to hear really do originally, if we go back, you know, really, really far away, a lot of these terms come from a Latin and Greek combo. So the the Greco-Latin type of um, background and perhaps even ancient Egypt uh, in some cases as well. But when it comes to the actual word clairvoyant, clairvoyant is a French word and it means clear sight. A clairvoyant is a person who claims to have a supernatural ability to see an object, an event, a location or an individual with the use of extrasensory perception. Relevant images, sounds, uh, including voices, may appear in their mind's eye, which is the visual images that you see when you close your eyes 
that may not be physically in front of you, but somehow you can picture them anyway. Generally, um, clairvoyants can see things that are relevant to the present moment. In theory, a clairvoyant would be someone that you'd want to go and see if you have a present day dilemma that you, you'd like help to resolve. And maybe a really simple example of that is I've lost my keys. <laughs> Where are they? Or um, what's happening around me? Because I kind of have a, a weird vibe about things and I'm trying to understand it more. So the next word that you may have heard or label that sometimes um, is placed upon a person who reads tarot is that they are an empath. Now the word empath comes from the, week, the Greek uh, originating word empathy. However, empath itself originates in Germany and it was intended to have a definition of feeling within. An empath is a person who tends to have a greater than average sense of empathy towards others. The sensation felt by the empath is like an emotional form of telepathy. An empath has a heightened understanding of how other individuals might be feeling and their emotional state. An empath may be able to ascertain an individual's emotions by looking at their face, hearing their voice, seeing their photo, or by forming a picture of them in their mind, in their mind's eye. In theory, an empath may claim to recognize how a person is feeling before that person exhibits any physical sign of their emotion. And in some respects, an empath actually can, can feel the same thing that the other person is feeling. So the next label that you might hear um, being associated with someone who reads tarot is a medium. Now, the word medium um, has its origins in Greco-Roman times. And the definition of that word medium is middle. A medium is a person who claims to provide an intermediary connection, so a middle connection for communication between the earthly and the spiritual realms. Sometimes a medium may offer comfort to people on earth who've experienced the loss of a loved one by channeling messages from the spirit of the person who's passed and sharing those messages with the person who remains in the earthly life. A medium may also be a person that you can consult with if you want to be able to get in touch with your own spirit guide or spiritual guides. So the next kind of person that you may hear about is a mystic. And the word mystic originated in England. And the definition for it was intended to be connected to mystery. A mystic is a person who pursues or claims to have achieved a direct connection to a higher spiritual realm. Mystics are referred to in religious literature as having connection with God. But mysticism is not limited to religious faith and can pertain to any belief centered around a single creator or source of creation or connecting to 
or becoming one with that source. A mystic may, in theory, be someone you wish to consult with if you're seeking a spiritual awakening or a greater sense of your life's purpose. So now we have a word that we don't hear as often people calling themselves, but historically um, there are some very famous ones, and that is prophet. Now the word prophet um, has its origin sitting in Greece, and its definition is to tell in advance. The earliest reference to a prophet appears in the Bible's Old Testament, and in particular Genesis 20, chapters 6 and 7. And this prophet was depicted to be an, individ an individual on earth who was chosen by God to speak on God's behalf. A prophet claims to be speaking on behalf of God and acts as an intermediary so that humanity can learn from God's wisdom. Theoretically, a prophet would be someone that may provide insight into how humanity should adopt a closer relationship to God so that it may follow his intentions as set out in scripture. Another label or title that you may not be hearing very often these days because it's from way, way, way back in historical times is the title Oracle. Now the word Oracle originates in, from Greco-Roman times and its definition, I always have trouble pronouncing, so brace yourself, is apostolic prediction, which is like a papal prediction from a priest or a priestess. An oracle is a person who claims to be an authority on matters requiring wisdom and an infallible source of knowledge. So the oracle was considered to have a perfect source of knowledge. The implied perfection of an oracle is derived from its earliest roots. In ancient Roman times, oracle was a term given to a priest or a priestess who claimed to have received direct advice or prophecy from the gods. Oracles are unlikely to appear in modern day due to the inference that they possess absolute, unquestionable wisdom. This is not in keeping with the principle of free will. However, theoretically speaking, the purpose to consult an oracle might be to learn of the divine wisdom that exists on any issue. Now, what's interesting specifically about oracles is that the oracle was deemed to be so perfect in these Greco-Roman times that it kind of became corrupted. And so oracles sometimes were used for um, profiting purposes or political purposes to drum home a certain message because it was believed that if the oracle stated it, it was 100% true. And so as with most human things, somewhere along the line, it became corrupted. And that might be the reason why people don't tend to use the term oracle very often. Unless, of course, it's something like, you know, for fun or as just part of a branding or something like that. But I always thought to myself that it was quite a distinct way to remember the term oracle. That perfection didn't turn out to be quite so perfect after all.
The most commonly referred to title or label that you may hear is psychic. Now the term psychic originated in Greece and its definition is of the soul. A psychic is a person who claims to have a telepathic knowledge or physical abilities that are generally considered to be inexplicable. Extrasensory perception may be how a psychic obtains information and teleportation, so sort of out of body experience, may produce a physical outcome that cannot be measured by societal consensus of what constitutes the natural laws of earth and humanity. You may wish to consult a psychic if you want to understand the wisdom associated with a particular situation and the karmic outcomes are likely to arise from a range of, of available choices. So psychics have one or two of these two potential skills. They either have this extrasensory perception of a supernatural nature that allows them to see things that cannot be explained by the laws of nature and science as we know it here in humanity or they have a physical ability to manifest a physical outcome that also can't be explained so something that may take them out of their own body into a different location or may be able to um, move something or alter the state of something without there being a scientific explanation for that. One of the most recent titles to develop is Spiritualist, the title Spiritualist, and that has its origins in America. The definition of a spiritualist is to communicate with spirit. Now, something very interesting that I'm aware of is that the term spiritualist is actually enshrined in law, but in England and actually quite recently, I think it may have been in the 1980s or so, it's considered to be an official term relating to an individual who communicates with spirit according to the British legal system. So now we have clout, <laughs> a spiritualist is a person who believes that communication between earthly and spiritual realms is possible, either naturally or with practiced effort. And that's something that's really important, this practiced effort. It's are you born with it or do you develop it? Because this is what you want to do and you practice and you learn. A spiritualist may seek or provide insight regarding issues of morality, ethics, or the intentions of the source of creation and the afterlife. Some spiritualists claim to rely on spiritual guides who communicate answers, guidance or other messages from the afterlife. The differential that resulted in spiritualism specifically and set it apart from religious faith was a belief that evolved beyond that of the Old and New Testaments in which God was often depicted to be harsh or punishing towards people. Spiritualists generally believe that spiritual entities possess a higher sense of knowledge and awareness in which tolerance, kindness and forgiveness are fundamentally crucial. You may wish to consult with a spiritualist 
if you're seeking to understand the moral, ethical or karmic implications of choices which may be available to you. Last but not least, we have the tarot card reader. Now, the origins of the word tarot reader or tarot come from Italy. And the definition of tarot is the royal path of life. Although the concept of reading tarot cards originated in northern Italy in around about the 15th century, the earliest known reference to tarot appears in ancient Egyptian writings. A tarot reader claims to interpret messages depicted in the deck of tarot cards, of which there are numerous different types. The unique symbols and imagery in a tarot card deck form a language that the tarot card reader uses to communicate with the spiritual realm. It's not necessary for a tarot card reader to possess supernatural or extrasensory abilities. Although possessing such skills does not negatively impact the tarot card reader and may be considered helpful in understanding the context of any messages that appear in the tarot cards. A tarot card reader may be a suitable person to consult on matters of the past, the present and the future, along with issues pertaining to morality, ethics and the afterlife. Now, that's what I was taught but what I believe is slightly different when it comes to the tarot card reader. Where I've stated that it's not necessary for a tarot card reader to possess supernatural or extrasensory skills, I actually think, yes, that's true. But I believe that everyone does possess those skills. They just may not have tapped into them yet. And so those skills exist, I believe, in every individual who walks on earth. And the practiced effort may help to bring it out. So in the areas of spiritualism and tarot reading, where a practiced effort could um, create a greater skill, I believe that greater skill is a little bit like tapping into the extrasensory um, perception or the supernatural skill that you have and bringing it out so that it can actually be utilized. I think it's in all of us. So as a kind of a summary point, I think there are many out there who might agree with me that it's possible to be more than one of these things, to have more than one of these titles or labels. You could be a proficient tarot card reader whilst also possessing one or more of the other skills or abilities that are described in this episode. Personally, I never dwell on whether I'm anything other than a proficient tarot card reader. But if I was expected to choose from any of the other titles or labels, I would probably say that I tend to have empathic tendencies. Um, and that I also fit within the parameters of what is a spiritualist. And that because of what I've encountered over the long, lengthy period of time that I've been reading tarot, I might also be a little bit psychic, but I've never really thought about it in too much detail. I focus on my day-to-day -day experience 
of learning the language of reading tarot, trusting that the messages are there and learning to the best of my ability to interpret those messages as accurately as I can. But it doesn't mean that I'm not one or two or five of those other things. And so when you're considering your own ability to read tarot, keep your mind open because you may have many potential titles. What I find to be a very important point when it comes to learning tarot is that I'm human and therefore I'm flawed. With this in mind, I consider the key to becoming the best tarot card reader that you can be is to forego the earthly desire to be exceptional and to place too much of a label on yourself that sets you apart from other people. Um, so, you know, I never call myself a psychic or a medium or a clairvoyant or a, you know, a spiritualist or any of those things. I always consider myself to be a tarot card reader. I believe that there are no exceptional people, that we are all part of the same source. We just happen to appear in different forms and we are all capable of the same things in perhaps varying degrees. But a lot of that has to do with our life journey, our experiences and our free will. Therefore, if that is the case and we're all one, exception is a kind of an illusion. And to immediately consider yourself to be exceptional means you've, very first step, you've fallen into the trap of relying on a human flaw in order to read a perfect message from the cards. The most important skill to have, in my view, when it comes to reading tarot, is a sense of humbleness. Because that sense of humbleness leaves you open to receive a pure message from a pure source. I hope that this explanation of the differences between the different titles that you might hear has been helpful and also helpful in, in, in giving you an understanding of why I'm offering this knowledge on how to read tarot the way that I do. If you'd like to see me put my knowledge of tarot into practice, you can always subscribe to the Ellie Dream Done Under channel on YouTube. I do a new video every day of the year and I cover a wide variety of different topics, including US politics, world affairs, the unexplained, mysteries and personal readings. I also take viewer requests. All of the videos and all of the readings are free. I hope to see you there. In the meantime, thank you for joining me for this episode. Thank you for supporting the podcast and take care.